Annyeonghaseyo! Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare recs for good measure, because why not ride the Hallyu wave all the way to shore? So grab some tech bookie and listen to your new favorite unis. Hey, everybody. We're back together. Yay. Yay. So, yes, I am home at last, like, for good, I think, this time. <laughs> for a while. Like, not forever, but for a while. And I have to say, so, in the past, Amy has been responsible for 100% of editing all of our podcasts, which, thank you, Amy. I think Megan and I appreciate it. And maybe you were an unsung hero because... Only after we decided to start sharing editing responsibilities did I realize (laughs) that it's a big job. And so while I was on vacation up in Mammoth Lakes, which is up in the Sierra Nevadas here in California, I was editing one of our podcasts. It's the Pretty When You Cry one that just released today. So we usually record like two weeks out. And when I was listening to it, I was thinking, man, I sound like a total asshole when it comes to having pets. Like really, I know I can be hyperbolic. I mean, I am kind of honest, but like I'm not as horrible. Maybe. I mean, I do have some feelings. All this to say that I was listening to that thinking, man, I'm a real dick. It would be awful if something happened to my pet because I'm such a jerk. Like I almost feel like it's like fate. That very day, we were in a condo with two other families, and I saw my dog hanging out with us. And then about 10 minutes later, my phone rings, and it's my husband who's out mountain biking. And he's like, where's the dog? And I was like, what do you, I mean, in the, I don't know, in the house, why? And he's like, because I just got a call that someone, like, caught her, was able to call me off the tag to say, like, I've got your dog. And then, like, she escaped their clutches and is, like, off again. And I was like, oh, damn. And so I came downstairs <laughs> and the door was open and there was like little four-year-olds and five-year-olds in the house. I think somebody had opened the door and Meadow took her, sh- like shot her shot and was out. So these are like big mountains. Like you're up like there's wilderness, there's bears, there's, you know, deer frolicking in meadows. And so I just like start going on foot like, oh, shit, please like. I got to find my dog. And I started to think as I had like that mea culpa, like that long, like 45 minutes of like, I can't find her. Like I'm like going to all these like outcroppings and meadows and her name's Meadow, ironically. And I was like, you know, Meadow is a pain. She is kind of the bane of my existence, but I certainly don't want her to like get hit by a car or never be found again. And so I was thinking this is going to be like the karmic justice of like me not appreciating my dog and now I'm going to lose my dog. And I just want to say she was found because she is, bless her dear, dear heart, a total dummy who (laughs) loves people too. And so I think she just frolicked through like 90,000 condo complexes and finally like (laughs) was caught by someone and was like super happy. Like anyway, my husband and I like we're talking afterwards about it and he's like you know i had just come to like making peace because he was driving around while i was on foot he's like i was just looking at those mountains thinking if we never find her i'm just gonna think meta went into the woods and is like living her best life (laughs) up in the mountains and i just decided that's how i was gonna make peace with the situation here's what cracks me up about it and and first of all i'm glad that meta's okay but like so i have three cats and they are the biggest a-holes to ever a-hole but I love them. And what I did not hear you say 
<laughs> in talking about your mea culpa moment is, you know, she's the bane of my existence. She's a pain, but I don't want her to get hit by a car. Yeah, you didn't say <laughs> that I love her. But I, I love her. I her to meet a tragic end. <laughs> God damn it. Now this is... <laughs> I'm just telling you what I heard, and it might not be your intent, but this is what I heard. I mean, if this was like my black moment in my relationship with Meadow... I'm not sure if I realized that, like, she was the one for me and I had been a fool. I think I realized that she is, like, I don't a even warm-blooded, know. A warm-blooded being? Well, no. I mean, like, I'm always going to wear that. I feel like a worthy adversary that, like, I am handcuffed to if I'm going to bring it back to the drama today. I say, <laughs> she's your Anno Jew. She, yeah. She's your yeah, or she might even be Bong Sing Pill. It's really, I, oh. she probably is Bong Sing Pill, and I'm on a You're view, on honestly. <laughs> so, really, that was a great segue into what right. we're talking about today because truly, I am obviously a horrible villain. I look, I, I love her. Right. I, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I you something. I something. You can't even say it. <laughs> no, I mean, she's, oh, God. Here we go again. Like, now it's just like, how, just give me a shovel. Let me just keep digging. I mean, I I kiss my cats on the mouth. Do you do that, Tometo? A hundred percent. I do not. And my husband, this is why I, I like, not. I don't, maybe I love her just in my own way. Maybe that's what it is because my husband, like, today he was like, I get a thrill, a visceral thrill when I come into the room because Meadow's so happy to see me. And I was just like, is that a hint? I didn't even respond. I just like made my coffee and would like left the room. (laughs) See, okay. So we were just away for a a few days, really short, just Sunday to Wednesday. I got back today and I missed my cats so bad. Like you don't understand. Like I felt like I had like a limb missing and it's like, I know I'm ridiculous. And I, I, so I get back and of course, like, cause I have two kittens now. And so the kittens cuddled with me and it was so funny. Cause so our old cat Ferris that I think I've talked about him before he's 14. He's very, very old. And he has always been my husband's cat. Like, obsessed with my like you don't understand my husband can just be like sitting down tying his shoes and my cat will just sit in front of him and just gaze adoringly at him like i i wish someone looked at me the way ferris looks at my husband because we don't look at each other like that and he loves and of course so i i was upstairs doing stuff when we got home today and i come downstairs and of course ferris is like just laying on my husband's lap like his favorite place and so i mean that's like our relationship with our pets were like freaking ridiculous Oh yeah, okay, well, so that, okay. Yeah, I mean, you sound like my husband, but I mean, does that yeah. mean love? Like, can't we all express our love? I yes. express my love. Like, I feel like maybe. Okay. Okay. I'm so if Nick, re- if Nick was missing, if Nick ran away <laughs> in the mountains, and you were looking for Nick, what would be going on in your head? Would it be, you know? He annoys me, but I don't want him to come to a tragic end. <laughs> I don't want to, like, segue too far. I did have a moment in my life where I thought Nick had died, and I was desperately afraid. It was back when we were dating, and we were hiking, and he took me to the spot called Shipsterns Bluff in Tasmania. I'll try to make this little story fast. And we were camping, and it's a spot that has a very, very famous surf break that's very, very big. And the surf wasn't up that day, but there's this ledge, and behind you is this cliff, and then there's these humongous boulders 
pillars that are like these like giant looks like giants like left their marbles out like all along this like edge and then it's just the southern ocean basically so it's very like empty wild place so he's like i'm gonna go for a little like stroll over there and i like five minutes later decided to like go find him and i go out in this rock shelf and there's like no nick there's just like the ocean and like the hollowness of like the waves like echoing off the rock and i was like huh Uh. like that's this doesn't feel good and so i start like looking for him a little bit more vigorously and i'm like looking around the rocks don't see him I start to like get near the edge and like this huge wave comes up and I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, oh my God, Nick's like totally the kind of guy that's going to like go stand on the edge of shit and like look down. I think he might've actually gotten swept away by a wave. And I'm like screaming his name at this point, the wind's up. I was like bawling and I was like, oh my God, like, do I just hike out and be like, you know, like there's no, they're not going to find, like he's, if he's out there, like we're not getting him back. Or like, if you get him back, you're going to get like a little like, nubbed on shark biscuits <laughs> i was like it's like this isn't gonna ha-. i wasn't optimistic so i felt those feelings i oh, was God. very devastated yeah nick had climbed up on a boulder and was just laying up there in the sunshine like living his best life and had oh, no God. idea and it was so windy he couldn't hear me like blubbering and he said at one point he saw me like running around and like had waved and like didn't realize and i was just like <laughs> i was like heaving like i was like dry heaving i was so like oh my god he's dead and like i yeah. don't know what to do Okay. But so you clearly with, love Nick more than Meadow. But that <laughs> Meadow, I have like that, like, what's the, like, those old Anthony Hopkin, like, very repressed British dramas? Yeah. Like, like Howard's, Howard's End? Yeah, like, I think I'm like a Howard's End love towards Meadow. Like, it's very, it's very repressed. <laughs> I don't oh have the passion God. that the two of you have towards oh your cats. God. So anyway, that got a lot longer than I intended it to. I still enjoyed that. I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> Well, we're glad Meadow's back. Me too. And I'm glad I just got to look like even more of an asshole to random strangers who are listening, who are like, I don't even want to listen to this. (laughs) These awful people. Yeah, this awful person. (laughs) Anyway, let's go to K-drama because I feel like I shine better in that area. This awful person wrote a wonderful script, everybody. So let's get to it. (laughs) Yeah. Justice, sports cars, revenge, Toe socks. Lawless lawyer has it all. A former gangster turned scrappy lawyer uses high kicks, punches, and legal wiles to bring down the pain to those in power who destroyed his family. Lawyer Bong Sang Pil has been biding his time for 18 years and finally returned to Kisung to shed the light of truth on the murky, corrupt underworld that plagues the city and to defeat those responsible for his mother's murder, who was also a lawyer. The batty twist comes early on as we quickly see the real kingpin is a queen, Judge Cha Moon Suk, played to perfection by Lehigh Young. As the respectable high judge, she presides over all the major trials. Moonsook has the power to veer the judgment towards what she deems fit and has attained a near cult-like status among Kisung residents who revere and trust her. She has her eyes set on the Supreme Court. However, Sang-Pil is brash, unorthodox, and hard to predict. This isn't a legal investigative drama. We basically get to who the players are very quickly, but it plays out as more of a political thriller, how power corrupts and how citizens need to take the law into their own hands. Complicating things are former fishmonger, street thug, killer for hire, and now mayor An Oju, an absolute scene-stealing Choi Min-soo, who has worked up the ladder of success by doing the judge's dirty work, and is useful until he isn't. Ha Jae-yi, played by Seo Ye-ji, a young lawyer who also lost her mother, who disappeared in the city, notably on the same day that Bong Sang-pil's mother was murdered by An Oju. Dun-dun-dun. 
The series was a commercial hit and became one of the most highly rated Korean dramas in cable television history. This was screenwriter Yoo Hyun Ho's second drama. They also have a few movie credits under their belt. His first drama came out in 2015 to 2016 and is called Remember, War of Sun. In it, Jin Woo, Yoo Sung Ho, Ooh. <laughs> we Ooh, love him. We do. Yes. Has the condition of hyperthymesia. Did I say that right? I think so. I think you did. Okay. Has the condition of hyperthymesia, which allows him to remember almost every day in perfect detail. To prove the innocence of his father, Jin Woo becomes a lawyer. He struggles to prove his father's innocence, even as his father begins to lose his memory due to Alzheimer's. The love interest is played by Park Min Young. Isn't every love interest played by Park Min Young? <laughs> and this is a pretty beautiful pairing. Yoo Sung Ho was also nominated for the Bexang for his performance. Okay, side note, I need to watch this drama. Me too. Yeah, I'm said, like, that's uh, how I did I not know about it? When I found yeah. it, I was like, this sounds really good, actually. Yeah. yeah. But bringing it back to Lawless Lawyer. Okay, so we are going to start talking about Lawless Lawyer, and this is the non-spoiler section. So if you have not seen the drama and you are curious about it or you're planning to watch it, this is a good spot to listen, and we'll tell you when we're pivoting to an area where we're going to actively talk about spoilers. So, Megan, you were the one who discovered this drama, like, among the three of us. What was it about it that drew you in and made you want to talk about it? So, honestly, the reason I started watching this drama was the poster. I'm apparently an easy sell. So Lee Joon-gi on the drama poster has this cocky smirk. He's wearing a suit. It's a little rumpled. Looks like he's been through some stuff. And he's sporting bandaged bloody knuckles. I mean, it was it was honestly a little bit like the poster was made for me, honestly. So I also wanted to see Seo Yeji in something other than it's okay not to be okay. So I dove in and was immediately entranced by the magnetism that is on screen Lee Jun Gi, which we've talked about. And it's also a perfect revenge plot, which I've, I always, again, I love revenge plots. So add in a perfect villain and I was in. And I would say also in the first episode, this is obviously in spoiler because it's the first episode, Seo Yeji punches a man twice, like two separate scenes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm in. And Amy, as a fan of Lee Joon-gi, what does he bring to this role that's different to the last role you watched him in, which was Flower of Evil? So I love that you brought up, Megan, the cocky smirk in the suit, because that was, I mean, to me, that was what I what I needed in this. It was a level of badassery mixed with hidden vulnerability that echoed his performance in Flower of Evil. I love that the drama opened with him being a badass and grinning because he was just so effortlessly cool. Whereas in Flower of Evil, you knew every facial expression, at least early on, was practiced and perfected. And you never knew what was genuine and what was performance. From the character, I mean, in Flower of Evil, not Lee Joon-gi. Lee Joon-gi is beyond perfect in every performance. Also, Bong Sang-pil is dressed in tailored suits throughout the entire drama, even when he is kicking every baddie's ass. And I was so here for that. I'm not, I mean, this is not a big spoiler. There is a tiny stint that he does in jail, and so he doesn't get to wear suits there. Still looking good, dude, okay? But I truly just needed to know <laughs> that Lee Joon-gi was okay after watching Flower of Evil, even though Lawless Lawyer was filmed like two years before. But in my brain, it worked, and I needed <laughs> I needed this badass role of his to know that he did not disappear into his Flower of Evil character, never to be seen again, because he was just so, so good at that. But he was fantastic in Lawless Lawyer as well. Leah... 
In what ways does Kisong give off serious Gotham vibes? Oh, funny you should ask. So this, like, that was something that stayed with me, like, this whole drama. And I kind of feel like maybe it was planted in my mind because, Megan, I almost think that you made this reference back during our villain episode as well. I think that you brought this up. But, you know, I was kind of reading a little bit about Gotham. And I found a really nice little quote on the website Screen Rant that I thought summed up what Gotham kind of means to me. And Gotham, I'm talking about like from Batman and like the DC universe. Amy's a big Marvel fan. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a big DC comic fan, but I do like me some Batman. So there we go. So Screen Rant says, though Gotham is not literally a person like Batman and Bruce Wayne, it's ultimately composed of fallible humans whose moral alignments color the city's everyday life. The dramatic coexistence of good and evil in Gotham City thus makes it one of the most realistic characters in DC Comics. And I felt like that little section really like checked out for me when it came to Kisong because Batman would not be Batman without Gotham City. And I'd argue that Bong Sang Pil, Judge Cha, and Anoju are intrinsically linked to this fictional South Korean city of Kisong. And to me, part of the fun of Batman is kind of how he's constantly staring out over the city. And I really felt like we got to have that quite a lot with Anoju and Bong Sung Pil and like them looking out over the city and kind of what the city represents to them. And to me, I really felt like Bong Sang Pil, Kisong for him means kind of like it's like a tarnished dream. And much like Batman, he's willing to bend the law for justice. And then for Anoju and Judge Cha, it's a place where their worst instincts and morality are allowed, or immorality, I would say, are allowed to flourish, much like all those amazing villains in the Batman universe. I love that. That is so true. I was gonna say, I love anything that parallels a superhero universe and that's what i think is so cool about superheroes and dc especially because dc is a lot darker than marvel at least the way that it's portrayed on the screen i'm not talking to like the comics and stuff like that because i am really not a purist i don't read the comics i just watch what's on screen but i have watched a lot of dc television shows and dc movies as well and i do love that idea of everything's contained in its universe and that's why it's allowed to happen right Right. like Mm -hmm. that's one of the big things about the not to get off on a huge Marvel tangent, but that's one of the big things about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that the American government wants to hold them responsible for the destruction that they cause in saving the world kind of thing. Because there is a shit ton of collateral damage whenever a Marvel superhero saves the world kind of thing. And you don't get that in something like a DC Universe. You don't get that in something like a Gotham because everything's contained in Gotham and it's allowed to be because of its universe. And that was a really cool parallel that you just made for Kisung. So thank you for that. No worries. I love the how you talked about how they stare out over the city because they do. Because Kisung is really, it's just so, this fictional city is so important to the drama. And it's one of the reasons I like the drama so much is because, as you said, it was kind of an isolated area where Judge Cha was allowed to gain a lot of uninhibited power and you can't really do that I think in in most places but to have this in Kisung in this fictional world was just so cool I mean they had their own gangsters you know what I mean just everything about the city was was really cool and I thought the world building in my opinion was was decent I adored it the world building it wasn't something that you saw necessarily because it wasn't what Kisung looked like but it was this sort of like aura if you yeah you want to say if you want to go into secretary kim but it was this sort of like aura that kisung had and this sort of just embodiment of what it meant and that was the character right of yeah because stylistically i'd say that like gotham 
really stylistically has that kind of noir, you know, gritty yes. vibe to it that I don't feel like Keysong had, but that wasn't Keysong's role, right? Like it wasn't right. meant to be like a noir, although I think it would have been awesome if it was. That's not what this show was like setting it up to be. Okay, <laughs> we've talked a lot about it. They show up in a lot of dramas. Crocs. We know Crocs people have feelings about them. Well, this show, Lala Sawyer, really centers a lot on toe socks. So I want to know, <laughs> what's worse, toe socks or Crocs? When I say toe socks, I'm going to give a little you know, explanation here. But when I say toe socks, I first want to qualify this with the fact that Crocs on doctors are a wholly different thing, right? Because they are functional. And so my crock wearing Ik June in hospital playlist <laughs> is hotter than hot crocs or not. Okay. But in real life, outside of the hospital, I am not a crocs person. And so the reason why I vote toe socks is because they can stay hidden. Once they pop out, yeah, I'm going to kick that mother effer out of bed if he's wearing toe socks, but, but they can stay hidden. So they are less offensive to me. So the reason I even put this in here, and for those of you who are listening who have not watched Lawless Lawyer, Megan touched on this in our villain podcast where she said the first time the villain, like one of the villains is sitting at his desk and his feet are up and you're kind of like, what is wrong with his feet? And he's wearing these gray toe socks or blue. Yeah, they're okay. blue. So his feet look blue. And, and I didn't notice he was wearing toe socks. And I'm like, why are his feet blue? Is this some weird, like, is it the camera? And I was like, this is a really, like, this seems like a pretty well off drama, meaning like, you know, a good budget. So I'm like, there, there's no way the lighting is that terrible that no one noticed this in post-production that he has blue feet. And then I realized that they were toe socks. And he repeatedly wears them throughout the whole drama. And do you guys remember that toe socks showed up again in Camellia? Oh yeah, I brought Who it was up. Wearing them in Camellia, what the the police chief? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. okay, That's yeah, it. no, yeah, you're right. So, Ugh. yeah, but yeah, in this, the minute it came on, I was just like, I can't unsee these toe socks. So I'm Thank gonna you. say that what's worse for me is toe socks because I'm gonna go on the record and say I don't hate Crocs. I certainly don't hate Crocs in Hospital Playlist, and I own a pair of Crocs and I wear them around sometimes, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm not hate I'm not yucking it's, your yum. They're just not my bag. They're I mean, not my I, bag. Anybody who wears Crocs, it's fine, but the only time Crocs are sexy to me is on hospital playlist. And I'm not going to pretend like they're the height of fashion, but you know, I mean, I also sometimes go to the grocery store without a bra, so take that as you know. <laughs> But to me, toe socks feel like a sneak attack. Like you know, you look like you're just wearing like your shoes and have some socks and it's just everything's normal. Then you like remove those shoes and bam, you're just like hit with these individual toes. Yeah. And it's just, a, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's a no. I say toe socks is worse because that's it. It's like hidden and it's so like you, you, it takes a special kind of weirdo to really love toe socks. Like, I'm really sorry if you are at home listening and you wear toe socks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I think it's weird. And and this is what freaked me out is, and I, I talked about this in, in the villain episode too, but he like plays with his feet while he's wearing these toe socks, like in the drama. And it, it like turned my stomach and and it's um, like it's amazing because like it's an amazing part of his character just because I just feel like it, I don't know. It just gave him so much debt. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but to say that his toe socks, but just these little quirks about his character is what made him so amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the toe socks just on Oju, no. Have you ever tried a pair on? Like, they feel I don't weird. like them. Like, I can't. Yeah. 
somebody got a pair for me once as a gift. I don't remember who or why. And I tried them on once. And I was like, nope, I can't do yeah. it. Like, this is freaking me I'll out. I'll tell you what my parents gave me for Christmas a few years ago now. Like, well, many years ago now, like 10. Do you remember, like, when barefoot shoes were kind of a thing? They gave me, like, a pair of, like, No, I will never tennis- approve of I will never approve of those. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, they were, the like, shoes the that shoes, look like feet. They look the like feet. with toes. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, I definitely wasn't a big fan, but I mean, at least that, like, you're laying it on the table. You're like, I like my, like, toe, my toes to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. The toe socks are like that, like, secret dirtiness, which I'm going to get into later with, like, my Anoju, all my yes. stuff with Anoju that I can't handle. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So do you prefer action shows? Why or why not? I think it's pretty apparent in the dramas that we've talked about and the discussions that we've had that I do. And while I can enjoy a quieter drama, like let's say Camellia, and I loved it, I do still prefer some sort of an external conflict that adds some movement to the story, which is why I loved the addition of the Joker serial killer to the small town romance. So for me, I think it's a combo. I like the story to be about romance with some action on the side. And Lawless Lawyer was definitely more about Bong Sang-pil's revenge slash justice for his mom than it was romance, which is the only place it was actually lacking for me. But Lee Joon-gi at the helm and a very complicated villain in Anoju made it still work for me. But yeah, I do. I love the action. I mean, if you're at all a listener of this podcast and you've listened to even just a few episodes, you know that I like action. You know that that's my wheelhouse on this podcast uh, among us Nunas. And I think part of it is I really grew up on like 80s action movies. It's what my dad and my brother would watch. And I just love them. Like I said, like give me like Roadhouse or <laughs> anything. Say Van Damme. Escape from, New- <laughs> Escape from New York or whatever. I mean. Okay. 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 Kurt Russell yeah. is okay. But like, but like I, I was waiting to hear like a Van Damme. No, or I mean, Cage. those aren't my favorite. Although I will watch Van Damme. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll watch any Van Damme. Die Hard. Which that might not be 80s, but I just I actually forget. Yeah, 80s. Okay. Yeah. So but those are the type of movies. I I mean, it has to be character driven. Like there there has to be a reason for the action. Obviously, like there has to be revenge. There has to be I need to save my lover. I need to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not gratuitous. Not gratuitous. gratuitous, But in. Wait, 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 wait. Unless 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 it's healer. Unless it's healer. Then you can have gratuitous parkour. Did Okay, I, I'm sorry. I think like I just had like a brain yeah. zip, and I did. You just say that you don't like gratuitous action or just gratuitous parkour. I said I think I said action. I do like gratuitous parkour because <laughs> I'm gonna say gratuitous action. But you also, I love the uneven. I'm gonna go back to like <laughs> she's saying the... she wanted to move the story along. Yeah, and I'm so so when Jean Claude Van Damme yeah. holds that's a not, cobra yeah. and punches it <laughs> in no, the that's face, not, that's not. I'm not into that. <laughs> I will say no I will say a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies like there is some sort of plot but it's it's very minuscule I mean it's mostly just Van Damme doing splits and stuff this is the thing that's why I'm I love K-drama action dramas because the characters are so well done but then they give me good action and I'm just like oh my god I finally get the best of both worlds and that's why i'm so into it so yeah like healer and then lawless lawyer i mean i loved it because i'm rooting for him i know why he i know why he trained how to fight actions is is my thing and i'm always gonna love it and if you want to wreck a drama to us and you like really want at least one of us to watch it just tell me it's got great action for good reasons and i will watch it for me 
I don't know. I don't actually prefer action. I think, uh, and it's okay. I like moments of action. Like I love a good sword fight. I don't mind a chase scene. You know, I felt like Flower of Evil had some action that was great for me. I felt like Camellia, when you're saying it's a quiet drama, for me, it was not. It felt like that had a good amount of action. You know, I don't want people to sit there like on a train for 16 episodes, you know, doing like some Ethan Hawke, like before sunrise. <laughs> shit. I love uh, before sunrise. But, you know, I do prefer more character driven stories. And like, that's where Healer, I think, was much more slam dunk for me than this drama was ultimately for reasons I'll discuss as we get into it. But I think it came down to the fact that I felt more connect. I felt like Healer was to me a much better balance of character and action. And I really need to have like a heavy, heavy dump of character, I think, to enjoy my action. Unlike my husband, for example, who like really happily could just watch like any thing with car chasing is like he's like sign me up i want to watch like big blockbuster like anything like action is totally makes him stoked i mean honestly i just find it boring as as much as i dislike michael bay like because he's kind of a terrible person ah his movies are great he blows everything up come on yeah so no gone in 60 seconds for you leah oh yeah leah how about (laughs) oh and then nick cage (laughs) Yeah, no, no Nick Cage, no Fast and Furious. I will say, like, I've never watched one. Never want to watch one. Oh, man, I love, I love Fast and Furious. <laughs> so I've seen some of the Fast and Furious movies. I don't, like, seek them out. But when they did the spinoff of Hobbs and Shaw, because we love Dwayne Johnson, kids and I were, like, first in line at the movie theater for Hobbs and Shaw. So I do love car chase stuff, and I do love action. So, so that makes sense, because you both love you know, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but like there were some big car chases at the beginning, or there's just like a lot in the car here. Really just not, just not into people driving their cars that I know, fast. I know. <laughs> well, like, and, and this is the thing. This is the thing is so funny because we talk a lot about what we like in real life and what we like in dramas. Like in real life, if I see someone driving like fast down the street, I'm like a total Karen about it. I'm like, they need to slow down. There are kids here. Like I hate it. But then in movies and dramas, I freaking love it. Like I'm like, yeah, well, right, it's not real, like, right? It's definitely it. fantasy. And it's like, it's right. exciting when it's fantasy. You don't want Fast and Furious happening like outside your house or anything like that. No, they would. people would die. So uh, what are some comps for this drama? We kind of already mentioned this, but Amy, why don't you take it away? Well, yeah, I mean, because we brought up Healer, and I do agree with you, Leah, 100%, that Healer was much more character-driven than it was action-driven compared to this one. But I did get some Healer vibes from this drama because of the sort of fond family aspect of it. Bong Sang Pil's firm was just a group of thugs turned legal assistants who truly loved Bong Sang Pil and he truly loved them. And it was this wonderful found family, which I loved. And it had romantic leads who had, you know, a previous connection that you find out about eventually. And now reunited as adults are fixing mistakes of the past in the next generation, just like Healer. Did it hit me the same that Healer did? No, it didn't. But I still think it's a good comp because if you do like found family and you do like action i think this is a good one for you it's not as romantic as healer definitely not Mm -mm. but it still worked for me on its own level because this was definitely much more hero villain driven than it was hero heroine driven and so overall how do you rate this drama and why so i think i'm gonna be like how megan was in goblin with like gong Yu, where i was like meh (laughs) like for me This was just okay for drama when I compare it against others that I've seen. But I don't think I feel like 
good about that because I thought that the lead characters were all really interesting and compelling with the exception for me being the heroine who was fine but mostly felt flat for me. But I thought that Bong Sang Pill was like all cocky swagger and then he's got that really good like soft emo emotional boo-boo underbelly and he really does as much as I'm saying I don't love action he's really fun to watch. I mean like he's attractive he moves his body like a cat it's just like, you know, I thought it was some of the best fighting scenes since Healer. And Anoju and Judge Cha were like this real yin and yang of villains in terms of like, Anoju was all like hot emotion, gut reaction, like base instincts. And Judge Cha was kind of that cool, calculating, strategic villain. That's all really fun. But to me, I felt like the plot wasn't that interesting. And I think because I felt like overall, we were getting all the angles like watching the show. So as we're watching the show, we're watching the villain's plot. We're watching the hero and heroine, like trying to figure out how they're going to like get theirs. And so I felt like the characters are left in the dark. Like they don't know what each other's planning, but we're pretty clued in the whole time. And that's just never my favorite dynamic. And to me, the romance was super meh. Like I felt a hundred percent more chemistry between Otto Ju and Bong Sang Pill to the point where like I could care less when the hero and heroine were getting FaceTime, which is pretty unusual for me. Usually I like when we get like those like little romantic interludes. And this I was just like, ugh, like move on and get me back to Anoju. So I do think it's worth watching, but probably for like if you kind of like tend to like like things like I like them, you might want to watch it at a time when you're feeling like low emotional investment and you just can kind of like tune in and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I I mean, I honestly 100% agree. And to me, maybe that's also why dramas like this appeal to me, because sometimes I just want escapist kind of fiction that I actually don't have to put a ton of emotion into. And that's why I like this drama, because to me, it was just really fun to watch. 100% agree, did not care about the romance. And I told both of you going in, I'm like, the romance is going to let you down. So just like, brace yourself. And I tell everyone, I say, look, I mean, I love this drama, but don't expect this like heart-wrenching romance. That's just not what you're going to get. And I do agree that Bong Sang-pil and An ju had major chemistry and the drama was at its best when they clashed. Yeah, I think I think it helped that you warned us ahead of time about the romance. And so I wasn't expecting to have all of the feels. And it also helped that, I, like I said before, that I was coming off of Flower of Evil and I just needed more Lee Joon-gi in my life. So I really didn't care <laughs> Who else was there as long as he was on the screen? I think what's interesting, though, is visually, they were like a visually very well-matched couple. Yes. Like, I thought the visuals that they both gave together were really good. And that's why I thought it was interesting that the chemistry was just, like, so blah. And I, look, I feel bad putting it on the heroine, but I feel like Lee Joo-gi could have chemistry with a Tosak. Yeah. I feel like if we didn't know about the sort of, you know... Drama. <laughs> entertainment, sensationalized drama, that of course we don't know the real story, you know, with Seo Yeji's love life. But I feel like if that wasn't in the back of my head, I wouldn't have put as much on her. But I agree. Is that in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, this was the drama that she was making when she was you know, having her relationship issues while Mr. Queen was being filmed and, and all that stuff. Or and not so, Mr. Queen, but the actor from Mr. Queen. Yeah, it was like the whole thing that came out right. with like... Well, that was the drama. Toxic that was the drama, yeah. yeah. But I do think you can pick up on the fact that there's something... Like, yeah, there's just not... 
it should work and it doesn't. I feel like it shifted actually because in the very beginning I felt like they had chemistry. Yep. I mean, and the romance yeah. happened really fast, right? Like once it happened, it happened really fast. And in those first scenes of the romance with their kiss and then they're stuff in bed that together after a kiss, <laughs> yes. Like I bought it. I did. And I was mm-hmm. like, and I remember texting Megan thinking, if it keeps going this way, I'm gonna enjoy the romance. But it was like it happened fizzles. and then it fizzled yep. for the whole rest of the drama. Yep. I had the exact same feeling. I was like, oh, this is actually okay. Why aren't more people talking about this romance? And then like it literally just took a nosedive. The romance part literally just took a nosedive for me. And again, there was enough in the drama for me to still enjoy it. But I kind of had to just give up on the romance portion. And I was okay with that again because, well, we'll get to it, but mostly because of Anoju. Okay, so it is now time for our favorite part of each episode. It's our K-Rec of the Week. And today we have Megan with a K-pop recommendation. So I'm so excited to talk about the song. It just came out. So obviously when you're listening to this, it might be a few weeks old. But the song is called Paint Me Naked and it's by Ten. T-E-N. So Ten is a part of the NCT universe and more specifically he's a member of wavy which is their like chinese pop group but ten is just incredible he has a huge following and he recently came out with a solo song like i said it's called paint me naked and it is so good it's in english actually ten is fluent in like five different languages the guy's a genius and the vibes of the music video are immaculate like it's so much fun it's so colorful the song itself just makes me very happy and i think you guys will love it too it's just such a bop that's all i gotta say so (laughs) i feel like an old lady trying to be cool saying that but anyway uh (laughs) it's a get me naked bop (laughs) yeah so anyway it's by 10 t-e-n it's called paint me naked and i'll add it to our spotify playlist i hope you check it out all right so right now we are going to move to the spoiler section so this is the area where we will be talking more in depth about you know things that wouldn't get revealed really until you're like much deeper into the drama or kind of more of a deep dive of stuff where we're gonna have to give away big plot points that don't kind of come out in the first episode okay do you think that Ye is more of a damsel in distress or a powerful woman with agency So overall, I wasn't necessarily in love with her character. I also thought with her that the drama started her off really, really strong and then sort of gave up on giving her any sort of like storyline of her own. But to me, she was very rarely a damsel in distress. She could fight physically as well as intellectually. While she was sort of tricked into working for Bong Sang Pill, there were many times she could have chosen a different path but didn't. I mean, there was literally a point where she could have taken a job in another city and she was all set to go and then ch- and changed her mind because I think she believed in Bong Sang Pil's cause at that point and she saw the corruption that was in the city. So she did make a lot of her own decisions and I also really enjoyed that at first they set her up to be an adversary to the other woman in the crew because the other woman had a crush on Bong Sang Pil. And I thought that there was going to be this like stupid kind of catfighting between the two of them, but they ended up being really good friends. And I really enjoyed that. I actually really love the other woman on the crew. She was really cool. So again, I, I really kind of felt that the, that the whole storyline did let her down, but I guess it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel no, like it's that's true. kind it of... It could have been worse, but... It wasn't like it made me angry because there are definitely dramas where I'm just really angry at 
kind of what they put the heroine through or whatever. And that didn't happen to me in this one. So what's a scene from the drama that sticks with you? So I did mention this scene, I think, in the favorite villain episode. So I'll describe it briefly. But basically, Bong Sang Pil and An Oju are in the hospital. Uh, well, An Oju has gone to visit Bong Sang Pil, who was stabbed. And it's a very tense scene. It seems like they're going to fight. But then at the last minute, all the lights kind of go off in the hospital. And the hospital is being invaded, essentially, by a bunch of, of gangsters hired by Cha Boon Suk. And they're going to kill Anoju and Bong Sang Pil. And Anoju and Bong Sang Pil basically look at each other and come to this very quick truce. And so side by side, they fight against this whole band of gangsters. Because it's basically like, you know, if I can't kill you, no one's killing you. <laughs> just And I just, I loved it. To me, that action, that's, this is why sometimes I, I just love a good action scene. Because there was so much emotion and reasons for it and it kind of formed this like weird bond between them and i found it awesome again i had said before their chemistry was great and i mean i think about this hospital scene all the time i yeah i really do love the hospital scene but i don't know why this this is like such a non like non-scene but i loved it was there's this part where like the bong sang pill crew needs to get this fingerprint access to a phone and the owner of the phone's dead. He was like struck by a, a subway. And so they go into the morgue and they could actually just like take his dead finger and push it to the phone. But one of them like gets out a pair of like pliers or scissors. Like he's like, you know, we got to cut the finger and take it with us. And I don't know why, but like it was like, it literally mattered nothing to the plot, but it was I just, really funny. It was, it was really, really funny. funny. Like he just pulls out this thing and I'm like, wait, what, why is he? And it was, just, and the other guy is like, no, we're just going to do this. And he does. He presses the finger to the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. All right. No. So which death affected you the most? So Megan, is this the one, did you bring this up in pretty when you cry? I can't yes. remember it because you brought yes. it up. So you brought it up in Pretty When He Cries, but you didn't want to spoil it for Leo. So Correct. we didn't talk about it very much then. So I'm going to echo that scene that you brought up in Pretty When He Cries because, oh, my gosh. So it is Bong Sing Pill's uncle's death. And this is another thing that gave me some healer vibes here. So close your ears if you have not yet seen healer and just turn off this podcast and go watch healer if you haven't yet because we bring it up all the time but like this very much echoed when you know healer when healer's teacher was murdered except the difference here is in healer healer wasn't there when it happened and here bong sang pill literally is just seconds too late to save his uncle and i'll start by saying that yes seeing his mom die when he was a kid was awful and that hit me hard. But this one really gutted me. And it's because Bong Sang-pil was almost able to save his uncle. And he knew that his uncle was being murdered because of him. So he's hanging off a building, his uncle, if, if you haven't seen it. He's, he's hanging off a building. And Bong Sang-pil is holding on to his hand. And it's too much. I mean, his you know his uncle's weight is too much. He can't hold him up. And he has to let his uncle go, literally, because he's dangling from his hand. And there's no way he's going to be able to pull him up. And plus, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misremembering this, but wasn't his uncle, Daewoong, also stabbed? So he was going to die no matter what. Like, he was stabbed, he was bleeding, because the baddies then used the knife from stabbing him to fraying Bong Sang Pill for the murder. They throw it in his car, I think. So he was going to die either way, but having to let him go 
while his uncle is telling him how proud he is of him and saying Pill is sobbing like that just it freaking ruined me. And then this totally like hollowed out gutted Bong Sang Pill afterwards gets arrested and tried for murder. And he just it's like he's over, you know, like he has nothing left. Yeah, I loved how he because he was so cocky for like the whole thing. And that was like. You know, you always have to, you kind of always, almost always have to have a scene where, like, the hero is just broken. Yeah, the breaking point, for sure. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, yes, so he was stabbed. Like, they, he would have died. And he said that while Bong Sang-pil's, like, holding his hand. He's like, I, it doesn't matter. It's over anyway. So he either would have died or he would have fallen into a coma for 14 years. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing it back. Bringing it back to Flower of Evil. Sorry. Okay. Look, ah, look, this is me with my dog. I'm like, I've got a different emotional thing. I don't know. I felt like when the uncle died, I was like, well, bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get that Bong Sang Pil was sad and I respect that. And I mean, like, as a character, I felt like he sobbed with heart and authenticity. Mm -hmm. But like, I had not even a chin quiver. I just felt like I had so little investment in the uncle's character that like while he didn't have a great way to go i wasn't broken up about it <laughs> and i don't think like i think i just needed to like care about him more and so i believe that like bong say pill cared about him i just didn't and i felt like his death came early on too and so yes i know that like that was meant to influence his arc but yeah i don't know i just whatever i didn't care about his like i mean like i thought like i was like Get I to thought, whose death you did care I about, Leo. he Leah. died in an interesting way. And so I was, like, interested right. in his death, but not sad by it. Whose death right. I did care about, although I wasn't sad about it, was Anoju. Because I felt like I didn't know how he was going to go down. Like, I knew that he was going to go down in some way. I didn't know if he was going to live or die. And I thought that the fact that he wasn't taken alive really fit his arc. And, you know, I was glad that they kept the hero heroic and that Bong Pill didn't need to have blood on his hands. And I love that they were, like, handcuffed together during all of that, which is, like, awesome and, like, metaphorical levels. So who would you rather get it with? Bong Sang Pill or on Oju? So Leah, I feel like you asked this question for yourself, so <laughs> just go for it. Yeah, I mean, this was the unexpected part of watching Lawless Loyler because I went in like Lee Jun Gi is effing hot and I'm excited to like watch him in his suits doing his thing. And then like Oju shows up with like greasy slicked back hair. A gold chain, a shirt opened. Toe socks! And toe toe socks. And these, like, glasses sometimes. And, like, oh, the glasses just did it for me. Like, the whole thing did it for me. Like, this guy. And he's, like, I think he's, like, 60. (laughs) I don't care. He's a good-looking dude. I will say that he's a good-looking dude. Bad, bad daddy could get it and do it (laughs) so dirty. And I was just, like, really conflicted the whole time. Because I'm like, he's a bad man. And he does bad things. And, oh, like, I think he would just, like. Do bad things to you. Really bad. Like, I don't. (laughs) Auto Jew is coming for your back door. (laughs) And you're somehow going to like it. I don't even know. Like, that was the vibe I got from him. It was just like, I was, I was like a Victorian woman with like a lace hanky, like in smelling salts, like, oh, I do like. (laughs) So look, Anoju 
close close your ears little ones anoju can fuck and you can't convince me otherwise (laughs) (laughs) it would probably make me feel terrible about myself the next day (laughs) but it'd be a ride he just has to take off the toe socks that's all i asked but there is just something about him or you could take them off toe by toe (laughs) (laughs) amy's expression right now is just like not in not in you're not you're not into this auto Jew like so oh I ha- my god dirty dirty <laughs> so fest. I have to go to the next question because it, it leads into this. So okay, so seriously, does Ano Jew have a sexier voice than Butter Voice? And it says what is wrong with me. Lisa it says Young. what is wrong with me after that because Lee is the one who wrote this question. So first, I know like I can't help it. Like I don't know. So what see is my preview. Yeah. Ano- yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Answer, I was gonna say answer see- something because I'm getting worked so, up. See my previous response. <laughs> And also, no, Butter Voice, Lee Sung Gyun from My Mister from Coffee Prince is Butter. Anoju, Choi Min Soo, is Gravel. And Gravel is definitely hot, but I prefer Butter. <laughs> he, it's totally Gravel. You're it's 100% gravel, but he right. He does this like. <laughs> no, it's the. Uh, he, it's before he, he talks. And he'll do like sometimes like that little high pitched like baby talk a little bit. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know what it is because it'll be like kind of high pitched. I mean, I'm not making this sound good if you haven't seen No, you have it. to What high-pitched like, baby talk? Kind of, He's not, like, doing Like, he'll be like, oh, oh, oh like, okay, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> he'll go up. Yeah. And, and, that, yeah. and the tongue flick in the... Oh, in the, God, the, the tongue flick is just, like... Uh, I'm, like, grabbing at myself right now. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not, like, grabbing at myself. Like my Y'all can't yeah. see it, but there was an explosion on Leah's camera, and that was her panties. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, when he does the tug, oh my god, the whole thing. Like, I am literally like, whew, Megan and I you. just did the tongue thing, and Leah <laughs> is losing her shit. So this is the thing: is that I feel vindicated because when I was watching this drama, and I kept talking about the villain, like, and I talked about the villain. You guys hadn't seen it yet when we did our favorite villains episode, and I was like trying to describe Anoju. Remember, I was like, he wears mm-hmm. toe socks. He's got this weird voice where he goes, uh, and he does this tongue flick. And you guys were like, what? What I hell? loved is I noticed all those things while I was watching, and I was like, oh my god, Megan said this. Right. Oh my god, Megan said this. And you're right, like he is a fully fledged character. Like he has captivated. Yes, he has all of his own quirks, and they. Like hats off to the actor because he never faltered. Yeah. Like he, this character oh my kept God. all of these quirks throughout the entire drama. Yeah, never faltered, and that's the thing. Like I fully like to me, Anoju is like, like he lived. Like I, I'm, yeah. you can't, you can't tell me that like he wasn't a real person. I get mad at the script because I felt like I was like kind of bored with the script a lot, but like effing captivated and like right disgustingly turned on by this man (laughs) same and he's got all the tattoos and he always wears that open shirt and the gold chain and i had glasses i love his little glasses when he was going yes oh my gosh the glasses but like and he's and he's such a bad guy guys like if you're listening he's so if you saw this dude in real life would you have the same reaction like not the actor but like just like a gangster dude no no. no, he looks like a Vegas yes. stereotypical. Like they really styled him in a way that like is not meant to be attractive. He just hit me in some sort of dirty right. dad, like dirty daddy. Yeah, spank you. A lot of good fellas vibes. 
but like but like goodfellas vibes like i'm talking like when ray liotta like at the end where he's hooked on drugs and paranoid like that that's the vibes i don't know if you yeah like seen goodfellas, you know but... oil me up and snort some lines off me <laughs> Sorry, but I can guess, keep going. I really, hey, folks, was, guess who's <laughs> editing this podcast? It's I'm me. Wheezing. Really? I, I thought I was. Editing. Are you? I thought I, I, thought I was, and so I was like, "I'm gonna make the oh decision." Oh my god! No, I'm gonna leave in all the horrible. I'm gonna leave it all. Oh in. My god, my nope, stomach hurts. It's mine. So it's mine. Because oh, you wrote the script. No. Okay. So, folks, okay. guess oh what? Editorial decisions from me. <laughs> Since we're on, we're still we're still talking about Anaju. That's if we haven't convinced you yet to watch it, if you haven't. So let's talk more about him because which character arc did you enjoy the most, and why is it Anoju? <laughs> I mean, okay. So as much as I'm joking around, one hundred percent, it was Anoju, hands down. He was a bad guy, yes, but we got to see both his rise and fall and what that did to him, and it was expertly done. And as much as I love Lee Joon-gi and will claim that he is one of the greatest of all time, his character didn't have a lot of room to grow here other than leaning away from straight revenge to using the law to bring everyone to justice. And I can see that's where this drama kind of got a little boring. But Anoju, like, he was a villain I strangely rooted for even though I knew he couldn't turn from villain to hero. That just wasn't his story. His story was that of a man's pride, what he will do to earn it, to keep it, and to eventually relinquish it on his own terms. And that was a damn fucking good story to watch. Yeah, I have chills just listening to you say that because 100%, 100% how you described him is, is perfect because that's how I felt about this drama. There are very few characters who have stuck with me like Anoju. Villains can often fall flat like they want money but for for what what do they want what do they need to buy a, a yacht you know and they want power and it's like well to do what what are they going to do once they get that power but for Anoju he wanted something less tangible he wanted to be seen as important like Amy said it was a pride thing and that's something that is strangely empathetic even though he was a terrible person on how he went about it he was a criminal and a killer but damn he just wanted to rise above the station he was born into and i think what's really telling about this is that we had two villains in this story right we had cha moon sook and we had anoju cha moon sook i mm. she was very flat like she was a good villain but you didn't care about why she was like she had no motivation that you cared about she was rich at the beginning she mm. was rich at the end and who gave a shit right like, I mean, yeah. fine, she was in jail at the end, but like, she had no remorse and she had no compunction about, you know, anything that she did. She was just like, well, I'm going to bribe somebody to get out of here. Like, she was not even upset really about being in jail. She's like, somebody's going to get me what I want still because I am who I am. And there was just, there was zero growth. She just was who she was from beginning to end. Whereas Anoju, because you got to flash back and you got to see where he came from and, how hard it was for him to relinquish that pride. And that's why, like, going back to Leah, what you said about his death and him, like, taking his own life, that's the only way he could have ended. Nobody else could have done it. Like, he mm -hmm. had to do it on his own terms. Yeah, and I think, you know, it would have done his character a disservice, I think, to, like, see him behind bars or something. It was just yeah. something about his character. But he was a terrible person. Like, we all knew all along this wasn't going to end well for him. I think as you watch the drama, like, you're like, you know, Moon Moon Sucks going to be in jail. But you knew things were going to end incredibly terrible for Anoju. And he's also, like, injured, the, like, 
severely yeah, yeah. injured the last like yeah. half of it i mean he's like limping he's like his <laughs> arms in a sling he is beat to shit but you're still like uh when chaman sook like i th- had said before she calls him like her dog, her dog. And she, yeah, she's yeah like, she my says dog. yeah you're my dog and you don't bite until i tell you to and when he eventually breaks his leash metaphorical leash and acts on his own it is fantastic because he's so unpredictable it's just him now and he's not working for anyone and he's so freaking scrappy because he came from nothing and oh my god it's just you gotta watch it you gotta watch the drama if not if not just for you you root for him even though you know he cannot win (laughs) he cannot win yeah you root for him even though you know you know he's not gonna win and And you don't he's a fucking murderer who just like he is terrible women and whatever like oh he's terrible i mean he beats up his like little minion like for like no reason he kills the uncle i mean he's a terrible person he kills the mom oh yeah kills the mom (laughs) i mean kills everyone and like you're not rooting for him to beat bong sang pill you're kind of rooting for him to have some sort of end that befits him yes it's it's a weird it's a weird thing so at one point, Judge Cha Moon Sook says, the only person I ever forgive is myself. Why is that basically the most perfect one sentence villain speech ever? I really feel like Judge Cha Moon Sook pales in comparison to Ano Ju. But I think that this line just like kind of like stood out for me because we've talked in the past about how a good villain believes they're the hero of their own story. And so when she says this and she says this to Ano Ju, it felt like, you know, this is a big hell yes you do. Like this lady is in it for herself and everyone else is a pawn for her and just non-consequential. And her story is just one of gathering power and she's going to get to the Supreme Court no matter how many mamas are murdered along the way. (laughs) And I think that like it's interesting that she adjudicated some very decent verdicts early on the in the drama, like with relation to domestic violence, so we can get the sense of why she's so respected by the people of Kisong. But I just like that. I mean, like I think that the only person I can forgive is myself too. Like I'm curious how much that applies to Anoju by the end. Like I feel like that's something I do wonder about too. Like does he forgive himself and feel like you know I just did what I had to do and came here, or you know? Is there some more remorse? Like, I felt like he was more nuanced and interesting. I don't think he has remorse. And I do feel like in some ways this could have been like a speech applied to him as well. I don't know. But I just like that only the only person I ever forgive is myself. It just felt like a very good villain thing to say. Yeah, if she much. was a, an entertaining villain. I just didn't care mm-hmm. about her story because there wasn't much of a story to her. No. And you she know? had a bland end. Like yeah. I thought her bland, like that was again, like in the end when she's in jail and like her hench lady, it was just kind of like, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. The big dramatic ending was Anno Juice. Right. Yeah. So let's do a book rec where it's like a good romance that features a lawyer. I'm going to recommend Not That Kind of Guy by Andy J. Christopher. So the heroine is an attorney and the romance happens with her intern, but the romance happens after he's no longer her intern, but she is a practicing attorney and it's kind of those what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas type things. And Andy is a fantastic author. She also writes fantastic steamy scenes and yeah i recommend so again it's not that kind of guy by andy j christopher awesome and what are we all watching so i am super behind i caught up last thursday so we are recording this a couple weeks out but i'm caught up on the most recent episode of hospital playlist and that's pretty much all i've watched since last thursday because i am 
going back to work tomorrow and I'm so Boo. I know I'm so just like stressed out and frazzled I'm I'm a school librarian if I haven't mentioned that before I think I have like a hundred times but for anybody <laughs> if this is your first podcast I am a school librarian and school starts next week but teachers go back this week and we are still like flying by the seat of our pants as to how school is going to work in the still COVID era that we are in. So it's, yeah, it's crazy pants right now. I am stressed out, excited to see the students next week, but yeah, definitely not feeling ready for it. Well, K-Drama is here for you when you are ready. I know, I know. So I still have hospital playlists, like watching it as it comes. So I will be, you know, watching the newest episode that's coming up. I had started Zombie Detective and was enjoying it. I just need to get back to it. So yeah, I miss you K-Dramas. So I'm still watching My Roommate is a Gumio. I'm also slow and we also went away for a few days, but like I'm really loving it. And they just introduced kind of like this new external conflict subplot that I am super into. I'm really enjoying the chemistry. Again, the hero is just otherworldly good looking and the heroine is so much fun. So really loving it. And I started last night Into the Ring, which is going to be an upcoming deep dive at Megan's suggestion and out of the box, just immediately knew I loved it right away. I love the hero. I love the heroine. I love the first episode. I love how it's shot. I just, the entire thing is like 100% what I like. And I feel like, again, is a good testament, and I'll get into it when we watch the drama, of how you can mix up some action and, you know, characters doing things, but it feels character-driven. It's so good. I am I really, truly feel like Into the Ring is a hidden gem. Yeah, I think we're going to have to make it like our new I'm Not a Robot if it holds. Ooh, I'm excited. I think I remember mentioning, too, the, it's shot very cool. Like, the direction, the cinematography is very cool. And I mentioned to you that Guse Ra's hair is, like, its own character so please just note the different ways they kind of like show her her hair hair. her hair is very much like it shows her mood and i adore it feels very disney princess how like their hair is always sort of like you know it's looking good when they're in a good mood or it's like frazzled i don't know i just adore this drama more than i can say and i've wanted amy and leah to watch it and it made me so happy when Leah said on Slack that she was enjoying it, just made me Yeah, I really loved it. And I do, just because I noticed when Amy was like, hey, if this is your first pod with us, you know, (laughs) and you got to hear me talk a lot about getting it from like Bad Daddy. The rest are not like, go to our backlist, folks. If you are clutching your pearls tonight, move to our backlist and I promise you'll be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) I don't always, I don't always take it to these places. I mean, I could have taken it much further down the (laughs) rabbit hole. Let's just say that. Like, please don't say rabbit hole after talking about the back door. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, I just can't, I cannot with him. Oh my God. I, again, I feel vindicated that you had this weird reaction to him. Because I felt like there's something like, I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why? Because I was a little bit attracted to him, too. And I'm like, why? And I looked up like the actor. And I and I like, and so I was like, yep. I don't know. There's something about this. What is it happening? is? I just want to be like, I got to sit on your lap. I've been a bad girl. <laughs> okay. I still want Christmas presents. <laughs> reeling it, reeling it back in to make it a little oh bit more God. PG rated next week. Talking about some more hot daddies, but a little bit more PG rated in Move to Heaven, we will be hitting next week. And we definitely have a hot dad going on there who does not murder anybody. Okay, great. (laughs) 
All right, folks. I think we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much. Please, if this was your first pod, it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm off to take a cold shower. (laughs) All right, everyone. See you next time. Annyeong. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoona Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K-Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoona Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and, of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong! Annyeong!